0: Dear George, thank you for your interest in our football program. Unfortunately, we are over our league-imposed limit of the number of players that we are allowed to bring to preseason camp. And this, people, is how my college football career began. Now, I just read you from a handwritten letter from a football coach at Columbia University. I guess uh, it was a rejection letter. It was, in his way, the nicest possible means of telling me that I was not good enough to play college football. And what we're going to talk about today in this podcast is how, I guess the story of how we got from that letter to where I am today and why I coach the way I coach and why I try to coach the type of kids that I want to coach and why I have a certain mindset toward people that quit or give up or don't want to take the hard road. So again, it all starts with this letter and I kept this letter because I don't want to forget about that rejection. And there was a time where I hated this coach and I tried to seek him out, but there was a time it's still to this day I appreciate this guy for making it hard because it's not supposed to be easy so let's get into the story I'm a senior in high school I'm a football player and a baseball player a captain of both teams and I think I'm pretty good. I think I'm a pretty good football player. I think I'm a really good football player. I think I'm good enough to go play at an Ivy League level. For those that don't know, uh, the Ivy League is certainly not Alabama, but it's, uh, it's in the time the time when I was playing, there was Division One A. This was uh, Division Two A. So sorry, Division One Double A. So it was it was a step below. Obviously, it was a big step below Alabama, but for me, it was my NFL. And I thought I was good enough to play there. And I get this letter. I'm crushed. On the flip side. Again, I said I was a baseball player. I had been recruited to Columbia to play baseball, but I didn't like baseball. I wasn't a baseball player. I never felt it in my heart that I was a baseball player. And I wanted to play football. So my dad, being a, a smart man, a man of logic, tells me, look, go play baseball. You're too small. You have no shot. You're not, you're not big enough to play college football. You want to play college football, but you're just not big enough to do it. But I want to do it. So the first thing I do is I, I call this recruiting coordinator. call a bunch of times. He gets on the phone with me finally and says, Listen, uh, you're not good. At, the reason we're not inviting you to camp is that you're just not good enough. Not only are you not good enough to play here, and I didn't ask him to go this far in the conversation, I would have been good if it just ended at you're not good enough to play here. He said, Not only are you not good enough to play here, you're not good enough to play Division th- Two, and you're probably not good enough to play Division III. So now I'm legitimately heartbroken. I said, coach, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm coming in there. I'm walking on this team. And I am going to show you that I'm good enough to play football. The guy says, uh, that's great. But we don't take walk-ons. It's not, it's not something that we do at Columbia University. So now, again, heartbroken again. So I do what any sane person would do. I call my high school football coach. This guy is a guy that knows everybody. You know, He played in the NFL. He's got contacts everywhere. He says, listen. You got, you got a couple of choices here. Choice one, go to Columbia, don't play football, but get a real solid Ivy League education. Choice two, you, I can hook you up, get a pretty good education. Not as good as uh, Columbia, not Ivy League, but you'll be able to play. Hopefully, we can get you on a Division three team. Uh, choice three is wait till school starts. I know a coach there. He's a good friend of mine. He'll help you walk on the team. So I take choice number three because I want to play football and I want to play at an Ivy League college is a dream I've had for a while. So, I you know all summer I'm training for football, but my dad's in my ear about playing baseball, so I got to train for baseball too. I'm training for both, and I get to school and I'm a baseball player. There's baseball orientation. We got fall baseball, which I hate. Who wants to play baseball while there's football going on? You know, and in college when you play fall baseball, at least when I played. You, you play most of your games during the weekend, right? Because, you know, you're traveling for college. There's other smart Ivy League kids. They can't be broken away from school. So you're playing your baseball game, and you're playing a two – like a doublehead – maybe it was like two doubleheaders on a Saturday, a doubleheader on a Sunday, or you have intra, intra-squad games, and I just – I hated every second of it. Not only did I not want to play baseball, I didn't want to play baseball during the fall. And to make it worse, the way Columbia was situated, you, you play baseball on the baseball field, obviously, but it was, it was descended – it was almost like in a valley below the football field. So as we're playing baseball, or as we're practicing baseball, I'm looking up almost at this, this tower, this higher level, and I'm looking at the football team practice. I'm listening to the football team practice, and at the time, I'm playing left field, which is as close as you can possibly get to the football field, and I'm just hearing these guys chant. I'm hearing these guys get after him. hearing these guys hoop and holler. I, they, they, they were getting after it, and I just wanted to be a part of it. And it was, again, breaking my heart. So every single day, I'm going to the football coach's office and I'm asking for Coach Clark and I'm asking for Coach Clark. Ah, we're in season. Why don't you come back tomorrow? I ah, were a little busy. Why don't you come back tomorrow? Ah, just come back tomorrow. And now I'm dying. I'm in the dorm room. I'm seeing football players, and it's eating at me. It's eating at me because I want to be them. I don't want to be a baseball player. I want to be in a situation where I'm doing, at least in my mind, the hardest thing in the school, and no one in the school is going to be able to do something harder than me. And I was eating at me that I wasn't playing football, that I wasn't banging around with these guys, and maybe these guys thought they had something over on me. Maybe they thought they were tougher than me. Maybe they thought that they just thought they were better than me because they were football players, and me, I'm a football player, and I can't do it. So again, I'm going for this Coach Clark. I'm not kidding. I went there every single day from September. Up through Christmas break. The season's over. Ah, you know what? Just come right back. Come back after the winter break. We'll meet up with Coach Clark. He'll talk to you. Cool. I get back after winter break. First day, where's Coach Clark? Ah, Coach Clark, he left the school. He's a coach somewhere else. What? (laughs) What do I do now? So now I just keep going back. I keep going back. I'm looking for somebody, anybody. Coaches on the the squad say, man, just give up, man. This is getting kind of annoying. Just give up. So one day, I get lucky. (laughs) I'm waiting in the, the office. I, now I'm kind of familiar with the secretary there. She says, uh, I don't know where. The, the guy's name is Coach Tellier. He was the head coach. He He's coming back. He's coming back soon. As I'm waiting, in comes Marcellus Wiley. For those that don't know, Marcellus Wiley was probably one of the best, if not the best football player that ever played at Columbia. He played a bunch of years in the NFL. He was a pro bowl, bowler, super charismatic guy. He was also 6'5", 280 pounds, he was from Compton. I mean, this guy had swag. He, was a, he could turn, from what I heard, he could turn around a whole practice, right? I, I'm, I'm new to this squad. I don't know anything about it. I just heard about him. So uh, he says, man, what are you doing here? I said, I'm trying to play football. He said, man, you're trying to play football? I said, yeah, I'm trying to play football. I've been coming here. It's really frustrating the hell out of me. As I we're having this conversation, in comes Coach Tellier. Coach tells says, hey, Marcellus, how you going? Obviously, he loves this guy because he's the best player we've, we've ever had. He's been turning the program around. Marcellus Wiley says, yeah, this is my brother. Uh, can you talk to him? He's been coming here to talk to you. So, Coach Tellier says, absolutely. So, thanks to Marcellus Wiley, I get to meet with the head coach, Coach Teller. Life is good. I go sit down. The guy says, listen, uh, I heard you're looking for a spot. I said, yeah, I really am. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me. I'm looking for a spot here. He said, uh, are you scared of heights? I said, what? I'm not, I'm not scared of heights. Well, I actually am scared of heights, but why you ask?" He said, uh, have, you, have you done any video work before? I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, I, I thought you're here to be part of the film crew for our spring ball. I said, no, I want to play football. He said, he's looking at me now. Now, you, you want to play football? Yeah, yeah, I want to play football. He said, uh, I'm sorry, man. You know, we already have enough spots and I've already recruited. We have enough, sorry, we already have enough players on the team right now. And I've already recruited all these other kids to be freshmen next year. There's literally no room for you at camp. There's league league rules. I said, come on, man, just give me a shot. He goes, listen, I'm sure you're a tough player. Did we recruit you? I said, yeah. And then you stopped. He said, well, I trust my scouts. If they didn't think you were good enough, you're not good enough. I said, come on, just give me a shot, please. He said, listen, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you come to our morning runs. They're actually starting tomorrow morning. And for those that don't know about college football, at least when I played, you do these spring runs that were awful. And, and now I guess I'm accustomed to it, but you'd say you'd wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, the whole football team would go to the gym, and you'd run. And a lot of times you'd run until you had a throw-up. And then he said, if you come to this this spring workouts, come to these this running, see uh, see what it's like. If you, if you look okay, then we'll invite you to spring ball. And if you look really good at spring ball, and we think you're better than every other freshman that we've recruited, then maybe we'll give you a spot on the team. So I'm like, yes. This is all I've asked for. Just give me this shot. Now, oddly, yeah, this is going to sound kind of wimpy, but this is a fact, and it's sad, but oddly, I have a, a pretty horrible ingrown toenail to the point that I can barely walk at this point. It's, it's killing me. So i got to go to spring ball and run and constantly cut, turn, twist on this toenail, on this toe, the, my, on my big toe, and it's, it's excruciating pain. I've been through a lot in my life in terms of being pain-resistant. This is real bad. So I go in, I battle through it, I battle through it on these runs, and I guess embarrassingly, when they call out groups, they make me run with the offensive line. So here I am, I deem myself a linebacker. They think so lowly of me that they're making me run run with the offensive line, and I am in pain. Now I'm also a walk-on, and these coaches, they're giving it to me. Because, look, me coming on as a walk-on, I guess, is saying, hey guys, you didn't know what you were looking for. You missed something great. So we're running suicides. I touched the line, they scream me. No, you didn't. Come back and touch the line, I'm, Coach. I touched it. Don't answer me back. I mean, I, 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 was, you know, I'm a rule follower. I'm a guy that tries to do everything by the book, and they're telling me I'm not getting it done. So it was a struggle. Thank God. It was only three days of spring running, and then we had spring break. We had spring break. Everybody gets to go home or take a break, and then we come back. During that break, I'm working for my dad. Uh, he's a heater. He was doing heating and air conditioning at the time. The way that he generated business was he would have me go around and deliver circulars to people's house. That's a piece of paper with advertisements and put it in their door. And it would say, hey, come get your, uh, your furnace cleaned out or get your air conditioning checked up for $45, and if you show them this piece of paper, we'll take $5 off. So I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm all over this neighborhood in Staten Island. And uh, there's a point where I can't walk anymore because I'm in so much pain. And my dad has zero tolerance for whips. He has zero tolerance for any of that stuff. And he's never seen me do something like that since I was a little kid. So he pulls over in the truck. You all right? I said, Dad, I, I can't do this. I'm in, I'm in so much pain. I did finish. I finished, but I was sitting down. So he said, all right, we're taking you to the doctor. We go to the doctor. doctor looks at my toe and said, Jesus. <laughs> So he ends up pulling out, I don't know, it, it, it looked like a, a full skeleton out of the side of my foot and then ended up putting something on my toe to literally kill the nerve. So to this day, I, can't, I feel no pain in the front of my big left toe. It's done. It's over, Johnny. Life is good. Sorry, my big right toe. So it, my dad said, uh, I'll fast forward. And this is a guy that has zero tolerance for pain, uh, zero tolerance for anything. He said that was me actually getting through spring ball with that foot was one of the most tough things he's ever seen in his life. This is a – he's a retired New York City police officer. He's been through a lot, and uh, he's probably – he's never showed me sympathy other than maybe that 10 minutes while that guy was ripping bones out of my foot. So anyway, I get back through running. I feel great. Boom! They say, "Okay, you know what, Mahoney, you're allowed to come to spring ball with us." Awesome! So spring ball at Columbia University, and the, you know it's where we were D1, AA, You're allowed to have ten full padded practices, and during spring ball, I hated, and that, in hindsight, because when you're in spring ball, often everybody's trying to get a position, so everybody's a pretty bad guy. It's not like you're in season and a running back is worn down and he's trying to cut left and right when he gets through the hole. No, they're trying to break your face in half because there's days in between practice. You have 10 full practices, 10 full pad practices, but they're not all in a row. So you get time off. And really, people are just trying to destroy each other. Now, I don't know this. I'm new to the game. We, uh, we're in a, I guess, a, a thud period. I think it's a thud period. And our all-Ivy running back breaks one down the sideline. I am the left inside linebacker on this play. He is the running back. He runs, I guess, a toss down the right sideline. I run full speed down the sideline, and I catch this guy. It's this just me and him. I go to tag him on the waist because he is this uh, awesome running back, and I think we're supposed to respect him, and we're in the open field. I just tag him on the waist, I think, and then he trucks me. He just lays me out foot over face. Boom! As he hits me, All 80 kids from Columbia that are on the team erupt as if I'm the biggest loser on earth. And he says, welcome to college football. (laughs) And that was the second way my life was introduced to college football. Now, this kid was good. He was real good. But I took it very personally. So for the rest of camp, spring ball, I should say. With or without uppers on, with, I'm sorry, with or without pads on his legs, I tackled Jason Bivens. I tackled him every single time. They kept throwing me off the field. I didn't care. Pretty cool though. Uh, coach Mullen, who's now the head coach of the Florida Gators, he was running the drills. He'd throw me out and then he'd come over and say, "Good job, man. Good job. You got spunk. I like that." So every time they needed an extra guy for anything, punt team, because that's usually the team you work on in the spring, they they call me in, Mahoney. We need you the first guy on scout. Let's go make him work. Mahoney, bring him in. Kick somebody's butt. But I just kept tackling Bivens over and over and over again because I took that personally. And never again was I going to take it soft in practice where I was going to let a guy put me in that position. So we get through our 10 practices. They bring me in. Mahoney, you know what? You showed a lot. We we got You're on, you're on the team. I'm like, this is great, man. This is awesome. So just to put all this in perspective because people don't really care about where the rest of this journey goes, I guess. But you got to know… What, what I was looking at in terms of size, all right, in terms of my size. So they had me listed in the manual as 5'10", 190 pounds, and uh, I certainly wasn't. I remember my measurement was about 5'8", 3 quarters. So if I, not, I shouldn't say about, it was exactly 5'8", 3 quarters. I know I came in weighing about 185 pounds. That's what I I was. Now let's talk about the other linebackers on the squad. Let's talk about... Well, let's talk about the other line. Let's talk about a DB first, all right? There's a DB, Will Will Poppy. His brother actually was a coach at Columbia a few years ago. This is a DB, 6'1", 190. It's already on uh, behind the eight ball. And when I say DB, I mean cornerback. All right, here's the other linebackers. Paul Rowland, All-Ivy, 6'2", 225. Uh, Jeremy Taylor, 6'2", 220, All-Ivy. There were these twins who were freshmen, Cliff and Clint Taylor, both of them, 6'1", 210. All right, so... My little uh five eight five pound body was definitely not suited to be a college linebacker. But here's what I did like. All right, so my, my fresh my freshman year <laughs> review, and it really I was going into my sophomore year. I didn't play, but it said uh, George Mahoney, middle linebacker, Staten Island, Saint Joseph by the Sea. So that was the they always put your high school in there. I used to get a lot of garbage for what kind of what kind of soft school did you go to named Saint Joseph by the Sea, and it irritated me. Says said, not soft, man. We'll, we'll punch you in the face. It irritated me that they would say that. Broke my heart. Every year somebody would say that to me. Anyway, it said, at Columbia. Didn't play football his freshman season, but came out for the team during the spring and made a favorable impression. Not big, but very tough. A hard worker. So that's pretty good. Now, it's pretty good for a guy that didn't play football. And I would hate to read to you some stuff that other people had in their, in their media guide. But I'd say at least my hard work made an impression. I'll take that. I'll take that. Not big. True. I'll take that very tough. I'll take that. Uh, Hard worker. That's the one thing I can control. I think I control both of those things, being tough and being a hard worker. So we go through the season and the way college football works, it's a little rough. You know, they're recruiting other guys. So they already have more invested in you than they do in a walk-on me. And when I say that, I mean, they already have more invested in this freshman kid who hasn't played spring ball than they do in me because I'm a walk-on. So I'm on the team. My first year, I don't travel to a single game. It's hard for me. I feel like I, I feel like I should have had something over on some of these freshmen that had come in, but I didn't. And for the most part, if you're a linebacker, unless you're a dude or physically gifted, well then, you're not going to travel anyway. Usually, the physically gifted guys, the wide receivers, the DBs, they bring more of them because there's more of them on certain special teams or nickel and dime packages. But if you're an inside linebacker and you're a walk-on and you're a 5'8 and 185 and you know, you're just not physically gifted, which I was not. And I'll never say that I was. I wasn't benching 500 pounds. I wasn't squatting 500 pounds. Just I was what I was. I was a hard-working kid. So I didn't travel. And the way it works is if you don't travel, on some Sundays, you know, we play on Saturdays, on some Sundays you'll have JV games. And during those JV games, I'm getting very few reps. So I'm talking to the, the guy who's running the JV squad. He says, come in the hallway. I said, what's up, coach? He said, listen, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but I was told to play you very little. I said, why? He said, because you're a walker. They invested money in those kids, and I'm not supposed to give you as many reps as them no matter what. He said, you're playing great, but you're not supposed to get as many reps. We got to give these other guys a look before you. And it really, it was again, it was another piece of my heart that was broken. And I get it now. I'm a coach now. I get the business now, but it's a rough business. It's a rough business. It's a rough business for them, and it's a rough business for me. But again, I love it because it made me the man I am today. So I get into year two. I don't stop working. I don't start, stop being the man I'm supposed to be. And I guess uh, the next thing I'll read you is the, the year two. So my junior preview. all right. So it says, uh, George Mahoney, linebacker, St. Joseph by the sea. And it says, at Columbia, could be Columbia's top special teams player this fall. Hard-hitting tackler who never stops moving. Plays hard all the time. Last season was his first as a college player, did not play football as a freshman. So I'm not reading you this stuff to make you think I'm great because there's nothing great on here. But there's things that I want you to think about, right? Special teams player. So during my freshman year, what I tried to do, or my first year, I should say, I was a sophomore my first year playing football, is I tried to be on every scout special team possible. I wanted to be on everything. I didn't care what it was. I'll play every position on kickoff return, every position on punt return. Nobody wants to do that. And when you get to college what they do, at least at my college, is they have scout team death charts, right? I wanted to be number one on the scout team. I wanted to be the number one guy on the scout kickoff team, because guess what? When you're the number one guy, maybe you'll be the number two guy on the special, on the kickoff team, the real kickoff team. So I like that they wrote that I was a special team standout. I like that. I like that they said I was hard hitting, because again, that's me. And people in college thought that I loved to hit. I didn't like to hit. I, I don't like to be touched. I don't like to hit. But I knew that it was basically survival. I knew that I had to hit people before they hit me because I was so small. I knew it. So I I, I guess I gave the impression that I loved to hit people, but I really didn't like it. I was in pain. At 185 pounds, 190 pounds, it didn't feel good to hit a 320-pound guard. And we had a lot of them. We had a lot of big dudes playing offensive line big running backs. I'm looking at the, the, the guy at the top of me uh, in the, the, the media guide, Kirby Mack, fullback, one, 230, transferred in from Virginia. This is a guy who got a smack in the face. Yes, they had fullbacks back then. This is someone that I had a hit. But I like that people had that impression of me. I, I, I really, and never stops moving. So these are things that I can control. So if I see a player now who is not giving 100% effort, right? That, that's what eats at me. How dare you miss this opportunity? And I think the difference in talent between some of these high school kids, uh, best and worst, wasn't even close to the difference in the lack of talent that I had getting to the college level. So in year two, I make the travel team. I travel every single game. Uh, I play on some special teams. I get some time at linebacker. But there there were weeks where I didn't get enough time. So if you don't get enough time in the game, you're still eligible to play in a JV game, which in my mind was the worst thing. I love playing football, but imagine getting on a bus... Friday, driving five hours to Harvard, playing a little bit in the game, driving five hours back on Saturday, sore, and then getting up and playing another game on Sunday. Now, trust me, you can say, oh man, you should just love playing football. I do, but now I'm not watching film on the game with the team, I'm not getting the recovery that I need with the team, and I'm kind of burnt out, kind of burnt, and also school's not easy, right? I'm a, I'm a chemical engineer. How many other engineers are on the football team? Zero zero engineers are on the football team because it just didn't make sense to do it, right? They're, they're, I'm sure to say chemical engineers. There was maybe one or two other engineers, but I was the only chemical engineer in the entire school, I think in the entire history of the football program, and we're going to get that, to that in a couple of minutes. So I'm getting some playing time, but what I'm starting to do now is I'm also learning all the linebacker positions. So in college, in our defense, there, we ran a 4-4. Not a traditional... Not like a 1980s 4-4 cover three. We ran a 4-4 cover two where the safety was a robber and then the two inside linebackers were complete and total different positions. They were two gap players where, you know, if you've been in any of my defensive schemes, you're a one gap player so I made life easy for you. You're welcome. They were two gap players. They had to be two completely different people and then there was also the Will linebacker. So there was a Sam and a Mac. I I, I learned both the Sam and the Mac and then there was a Will who I'd say was almost like a, a strong... I wouldn't say he was a strong safety, but he was more of like a, a coverage-type linebacker. I learned all three. It's basically three separate playbooks, but I wanted to get on the field. So here we go to my senior year, which is actually year number three for me. Year number three for me. And I just I want to read you what they wrote in the, in the media guide again, all right? George Mahoney, linebacker. St. Joseph by the sea. Bang! Nobody's making fun of me this year, all right? Hit enough people in the face to not make fun of the name. It says, always a special team standout. Boom, I like that. Now I like that the hard work that I put in has made me a special team standout. Oh, by the way, that's also why I've been a special teams coordinator. I have my hand in special teams since the day I started coaching football. I love special teams for that reason because guys like me, no talent guys like me, get a chance to get on the field with their grit. Where was I? Saw increased action at linebacker. From the, from the head coach, George Seldom makes mistakes. Okay, now that's important to me because I knew that I was small, I was weak, I was short. And when I say small, I don't mean jacked up, and I was slow. And I knew that my best bet at getting on the field was knowing everything. And that's what I did. I knew everything. I read, we'd, we'd, before the game, I'm legitimately reading every play of the playbook. I not only knew what I did, I knew what everybody else did. I knew what the defensive end did on base, open, tie. Yeah, I remember every single play. I remembered all that stuff because I needed to know. If he's slanting in, what gap am I going to? When am I going to be free? What do we do on an empty check? How do we make this play? Where's the secondary rolling to? I wanted to know all of that stuff. And I love that my coach made that note. George Seldom makes mistakes. Uh, Where were we? Lack size, but is one of the Lions' hard, hardest hitters. You know what? I'll give it to you, man. I did lack size, but I love, again, the fact that they keep saying I'm one of the hardest hitters. And maybe they're just being nice. Maybe. I don't know. But what mattered more to me is that my teammates said, Man, you love to hit. You're crazy. You want to hit all the time. And I didn't. I didn't want to hit all the time. I just wanted to hit them before they hit me. And uh, people thought I was nuts. You know, they thought I was absolutely nuts for trying to go so hard in practice. But I'm telling you, it was legitimately survivor mode. (laughs) It was legitimately hit them before they hit me. So my, my senior year, my third year of football, I get a real good amount of playing time. I'm on special teams like crazy. If I'm not a one, I'm a two, I'm playing all three positions. Uh, at one point, I got a, a real good streak. You know, I, I made a nice sack against Penn. Somehow the New York Times gets a picture of it. I'm on the front page of of the New York Times sports section in color, me making a sack. And now my parents, who who kind of always thought differently about me playing football, my dad said, I remember he said, he said to my mom, he said, oh, look at your son, you know, oh, look at your son. He's on the paper. He made the paper. And I it was, it was I, I felt pride because this was... These are people who thought I was stupid for wanting to do this. And I love them. And they're probably right. I was probably too small. And I probably had better things to do than me playing football. But I caught the bug. And I think I think, when they saw that moment, they saw that I was, at least I was in my mind, I was able to will myself into that position. So let's get to my, it's my third year of eligibility. Let's get to the chemical engineering thing. So academically, prior to this, I had enrolled in something called a five-year program at Columbia. It was supposed to be four years of the engineering school and one year of Columbia College. They're two separate schools inside of Columbia University. You get a degree from either school or both schools. And then there's actually two separate diplomas. There's two separate graduations. They're two totally different schools. So while I was in engineering, I had hardly any or no classes with everybody else on my team. I spent most of my days with chemical engineers, and then I would spend most of my evenings with the football team. So what I wanted to do because I liked more than just engineering. I liked reading. I liked critical thinking. I had asked if there was I can get more into liberal arts and retain my engineering degree. The dean when I was a sophomore said, you know what? You're a weird guy. Most people like one or the other. But we have this program. You can stay a fifth year, you graduate from both colleges, you get a degree from both colleges, you just gotta get uh, get these two, get a degree in one, get a degree on the other, and you're set. Okay, so now I'm essentially trying to graduate from two schools at the same time. While playing football at an Ivy League school, my life was zero fun. And it makes it all worse when in my third, my fourth year of school, my third year of playing football, I have plans to go play one more year, my last year. Can I play in this fifth year? The school says, no, absolutely not. I said, why not? Well, first first of all, one of the problems is that all of the chemical engineering classes in your last year are during football practice. Why? Because no chemical engineer plays football. right? Why do they care? Also, a lot of the, the professors are adjunct professors. So these are guys working in a chemical factory. They're working for Exxon. They're working for Bristol-Myers Squibb. They're doing something during the day, and then they're coming at night to educate you. So it was almost, it was actually literally impossible for me to play football in my last year. But, I, I, but not only that, they said they were going to throw me out of the school because I didn't know this, but I was supposed to graduate from all of my engineering classes in four years and then spend my last year graduating from Columbia College. I didn't know this. I was kind of floating them all together. So I had more than enough credits, but my plan was to finish both at the end of five years, not just finish engineering at the end of four and college at the end of one. So they said, listen, we're what you're, we, don't, we don't have people not graduate from here. You're gone. I ended up having to bring my parents in, multiple meetings with multiple deans. Finally, I found a letter. Luckily, I found a letter that I had gotten from a dean who said I could do this, and that was the only reason they let me stay. So they let me stay my last year. Uh, I can't play football. I do I do coach the team. I help coach the team during spring and early... I'm sorry, during uh, fall. During the... Sorry, during football camp. Because I don't have classes, but then when the season starts, I have to taper off because I legitimately have school during practice. So it... it You know, Maybe that's why I coach. Maybe it's why I coach because I feel like I never got to finish this thing out. I never got to finish that last year of football that I wanted to finish. And I swear to you, up until very recently, I have continued to have dreams, wake up in a cold sweat, that I have my equipment on, I get down to the field, I'm ready to play one more game, just one more game. And something's missing, my helmet's missing, my cleats are missing, I can't get to the field. It is a recurring nightmare that I've had up until very recently, where I just can't get to the field. And I say recurring nightmare up until recently, because I still have it, but I don't have it every night. But I'd say up until recently, it was every single night I'd have a dream like that. And there was a piece of my life that was missing. There was a piece that, hey, hey, where is this gap here? I don't have closure in my mind on that last year of football that I was supposed to play. So well, let's rewind a little bit to this fourth, this my senior year, of, my third year of football, whatever the hell you want to call it, my last year of football. So it was a struggle. I really wanted to play more. I, I really wanted to, to get more of a prominent role in the team, and I kind of felt like a loser. But there had been little conversations along the way with guys on the team who said, you know, you're small, you give it everything you got, and to be honest with you, I was going to quit, but I couldn't quit because I saw what you were putting in with this lack of talent that you had, this lack of anything that you had. And to me, that meant a lot. So at the end of every year for our team, they have an awards dinner, and like every other football team, but at our school, they only give out five awards. So there's 100 kids on the team, and they give out five awards. Now, think about your own high school dinner. They probably have JV awards, maybe some freshman awards, maybe some varsity awards. Everybody gets a trophy right now. At my school, five awards for 100 kids. So it's very competitive, and people really don't cheer for each other or root for each other, which is rough. Uh, you know, you got your MVP, you got your special teams player of the year, you got your unsung. I'm sorry, you got your uh, student athlete of the year. I think it's like MVP offense, MVP defense, student athlete, special teams player, and something called the unsung hero. And that last year, I was named the unsung hero, and I got a standing ovation from my teammates. And for me, that that validated everything I did because for me, it it showed, first of all, the coaches recognized what happened, but also my teammates, and that's what really mattered, is that my teammates said, and and their standing ovation, it it showed how much I meant to them. And for me, I'm getting a little emotional right now talking about it, but to me, that's what it's about. So when you think about how I coach and how I do things now, it's always about the team, right? It's always about effort. It's always about hard work. It's not about natural talent. Your natural talent's awesome, and it's a gift. But if you don't do anything with that talent, then you're, it's, that's, to me, that's a sin. It's, it's such a waste to waste your natural talent. That's why guys like Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and LeBron James, Jerry Rice, these guys work. They have talent, and they work, and they work, and they work. That's what makes a superstar. When you have talent and you work. I didn't have talent. It's also why I train. I train people in a weight room because I want to help them get every advantage possible with the talent that they have. So, things that I didn't tell in this story yet, I'll tell it now, is that when you play college football, they have what's called a varsity weight room where only they work out, right? There's varsity athletes. So, the general population is not allowed in that weight room. Well, when I stopped playing football, sorry, baseball, and before I started playing football, I would just show up in the varsity weight weight room and lift weights. And luckily and oddly, there was a new strength and conditioning coach who had showed up in the spring semester of my freshman year, Coach McKinney. And every day he'd say to me, Who are you? I said, I'm on the football team. And he'd say, You sure? I said, Yes. I would just lie to him and I'd work out. And I stunk. I was awful. So in college we didn't back sorry, in high school we didn't back school. I didn't have to do anything. I was awful. We didn't clean, we didn't squat. I knew nothing. This guy was getting sick of me. I also wore gloves, which is embarrassing. He I think I've told the story before, but he actually shut the entire gym up once everybody shut up. This girls' basketball team is in there, girls soccer team's in there, the football team's in there, and he just he berates me for wearing gloves. I wanted to wear a belt. Whatever. I was pathetic. So even when I did hand cleans, that was awful. He ended up saying, I'm not training you anymore. Uh, There was actually another coach, another guy, I think his name was Coach White. He had coached, he went to Farrell, and he said, Staten Island, hang out with this guy from Staten Island, and you you only coach him, I want nothing to do with this guy. So, anyway, I snuck my way into that weight room, but then I did make the team, and this guy became like my father away from home. He had all the same principles as my dad. He, He preached being on time. He preached working your butt off. He preached writing everything down. He gave us sheets. I love this man. And he, he actually had my back, I'd say, more than anybody in this journey. And there was one day along this journey that he even said, man, uh, if if they if you don't get more playing time, you need to quit. And that, that's coming from a guy that, that talks about no quit. He thought that, that I was getting a raw deal. And uh, based on some of his guidance at spring ball one day, I ended up, getting into a pretty, I guess almost a fist fight with a center who had hit me late just to show people that I was, I was more nuts than they thought. But, but back to the story, I love this guy, but it, it, he helped get me through it, but this journey was not easy. It, it was a toll on my life for four years, but that's why I coach the way I coach. And because I didn't know how to train, and I wanted people to have a better lives when they got to college, when they got their foot in the door, that is why I train athletes right now. That's why when advanced training started, the intent of this was to help kids get ready for college, help them beat their conditioning tests, help them learn how to lift the right way so that when they got to the college, they didn't have to start all over from scratch. So some pretty cool stuff happened after I played football. And uh, it's kind of helped mend this hole in my heart or that gap that I had from not playing that last year. So one was that I had talked to you before a little bit about, yep, I got to coach a little bit with them. Number two was one day they asked me to come into study hall and talk to the freshmen and just tell them about my experience because I had a good story. That's the first time I thought that these guys ever give a crap about what I did from a coach's perspective. I thought they just wanted to beat me up. I know they gave me the award, but I don't know. maybe Maybe the team forced them into it. I have no idea. So I went into study hall. I talked to the freshmen and then immediately gained respect from that class of people. And it also gave me a feeling of, oh my God, I can speak in public. I can motivate people with my story, so I gave that speech to the freshmen. I felt good, and then a couple of them had me become their mentor in terms of teaching them the defense. I still remembered every single word of it. So I took a couple of these guys in my wing. We sat down, talked about checks, talked about alignment, talked about what gap they had on full flow versus split flow, uh, two backs versus one back. You know, and there's things that I always remember. A little trick was because we read the running back, not we didn't read offensive linemen back then, but if it's one back. And the back goes, takes a step away, look at the guard, the opposite guard, because it may be counter. And if you look, take a step away, look at the opposite guard. He's pulling, come, run in, get underneath the kick-out block, or get over the top. These are things that that I remember, but these were tricks that I taught these guys. But it it started getting into my head, oh my God, I can coach. I can do X's and O's. I can do this stuff. Then a year after that, they brought me back. Sorry, it was two years after that. They brought me back to speak as a speaker at the awards dinner. So they gave me the floor. I got to speak. And I got to hand out the unsung hero award to another guy on the team. Again, this is feeding into, wow, these guys respect me. And now I feel like I can speak in front of 200, 300 people. I'm feeling okay. I'm feeling good. But the truth is, I still had that hole in my heart. I still, I still didn't go back, right? I still didn't go. I didn't go back to a game. I didn't go back to anything else other than that that dinner because I just, I always felt like, man, this fifth year, I never got back. You know. I never got it back. I never got to play football in that fifth year. And I never got to be what I thought I should have been as a football player. But it still made me, it still made me who I am. So fast forward to two years ago, a new head coach comes into the program. And he sends out a message to all the football alumni saying, Look, if you know any business leaders, you know any military leaders, we, want, we need somebody to come in and talk to these guys about resilience. So I, I contacted him through an email and said, Psh, Hell with this. I'm not recommending anybody. I'm recommending me. I want to come back. I want to talk to this team about resilience, and I wrote him up the story that I just told you guys in this podcast. And what's pretty cool is he, he called me in, he let me come to football camp. It was his first year on the job, and I got to address the team during camp and give them the same, pretty much the same speech about resilience. So hopefully, as you guys listen to this, you're not thinking, Did this guy just tell this story to tell you all the, the great things that happened in his life or read the cool things they read about him in a media guide. Hopefully you realize that uh, I was not a, I'm was not Joe Burrow. I wasn't even close to winning a Heisman Trophy award. I was barely scrapping and clawing my way to, to get reps during games every year, fighting every single week to be a starter, fighting every single week for every rep that I got. A starter on kickoff team, a starter on inside linebacker, a starter on outside linebacker. I didn't care. I'd do anything. I'm hoping that the story can help you figure out a few things. One, how bad do you really want something and what are you willing to do to get it? Are you the guy that picks up that letter from coach so-and-so that I won't read his name and, and say, I give up? Or are you me and you take that letter and you hang it on your wall. It's still on my wall now. I played football, I finished playing football in 1999, 2000, whatever the hell college year was or school year was. But this letter's still on my wall right now. So 24 years after this guy wrote me this letter, I still have it. Do you give up when you don't make the travel squad? Do you give up when you make the, the travel squad and you got to play the next day in some JV game? Do you make up when you can't? Do you, do you give up when the school's going to kick you out of the school? I don't know. For me, it was none of that stuff. And for me, I read you the media guides for a reason to let you know the, how important I think special teams are. Hard work is. And I'm glad that the things that I believed were important someone actually took the time to write this down. And yes, they got to write nice stuff about everybody. But I'll show you some stuff they wrote about other people. Like Joe Smith battling for second string benchwarmer. I mean, I'm not kidding. He really is there. And sorry, Ryan Smith. I made up the name Joe Smith. Not related to you. I love you. You You know, you got a special place in my heart. So with that, people, I hope you've enjoyed this story. I hope it's inspired you. I hope you don't think uh, I'm pompous for telling it, but I, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm at least in my mind, when I'm telling the story, I hope it's coming across for the right reasons, and maybe it lets you know, A, how I coach, and B, why I want you to be the person that you can be, to get every ounce of, of talent and energy out of yourself. Control what you can control. All right, until next time, thank you, and if you love the story, please share it with somebody else. Uh, all right, bye.